Hi guys, and coming at you guys behind the mic today for an episode that truly gave me chills recording and I'm so excited to share it with you guys. So moving forward on this podcast, I wanted to really center and make my platform solely to center and amplify the voices of our black brothers and sisters. I truly believe that we should all be amplifying their voices and sharing their stories and and the stories that have been suppressed and the experiences and giving them that platform to talk about it. We're truly going through a time when I think we're making history where it's an uncomfortable time and with a lot of growth always brings that uncomfort. So I encourage you all to listen to this episode, learn, grow, take in what Michaela's saying about her experiences and how we can help because more than ever, we all need to do our part. We all need to raise our voice and support our brothers and sisters in this movement to evoke real change. It's so important that we all speak on where we stand when it comes to injustice. If we want to move forward and live in a world with equality and peace in a justice world, Together, we must fight for what is right and what is wrong and and to speak up around systemic racism and how we feel about it. And that is how, honestly, we're going to move forward and and continue making changes if we keep these conversations alive and we do our part. And every single person has influence listening to this. You have influence online over the people in your circle, and we all need to raise our voice to leverage equality and call out injustice when we see it. So that is exactly what my goal was to do on this podcast, in this episode, in this conversation. It is not to speak on my experience because I'm not one to speak on it. To me, it's crazy because Michaela and I both live in the U.S. We're both in our early 20s and we've had such different experiences of life. And this is more of a reason why we all need to evoke change and why we're all responsible for keeping these conversations alive to heal this nation. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode I had with Michaela. We touched on so many things about how we can all do our part, how we can do better, and what is needed in this world. So a lot of emotions. I I feel chills even seeing this intro, but I am sending you guys all so much love. And I encourage you all to let the kindness, compassion, and empathy just move through your body right now. Because that is the energy I think this world so desperately needs right now. And remember that love is louder than anything. And we need that as a catalyst for growth and equality and peace. So if you guys are listening to this also and you know anyone who has a story that needs to be shared and I would love to connect with them and elevate and just use this platform as a way to amplify their story and their voice. So just connect with me on Instagram. Everything is always going to be in the show notes below. And I hope you guys learn, soak in, and feel all the feels with this conversation that I had with Michaela. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee and a Good Vibe. And I'm so excited to be doing this episode because there's so many reasons, but one of the reasons is it's with Michaela, who's a good friend of mine on and off the platform on social media. And it's her first time being on a podcast. And more importantly, it's like going to be her first time really 
sharing her story and her experiences all about what's, what's going on. If you guys are listening to this in real time, you'll know the pivotal time in history that's going on right now and everything around the movement about Black Lives Matter. And I truly think that we're living in a time right now, we're living through history. And I just wanted to jump on this podcast. Michaela was willing to share her experiences about being a black woman in America and like all these things, like all these experiences, I feel like it's so important that we're elevating the voices that need to be heard right now more than ever. And I'm really excited to dive deep into this because Michaela and I, before I press record, we were just talking back and forth and we had so much to say around what is going on in the world right now. And I can go on a rant, but I'm going to get Michaela to introduce herself and say a hello. And, and we have just so much to talk with you guys about on everything going on. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Michaela. And on social media, it's Michaela Michelle underscore. I do a lot of self-love, body positivity posts. And I'm a mom, a wife, prior service. I'm a veteran and now living my best life as a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> so, in Hawaii as well. It's so nice. Yes, in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, Michaela, she's such a bright soul and she is, she does it all. <laughs> Literally, she does it all. And especially with right now with what's going on, just to dive deep, Michaela's been showing up on her story like more than ever, just sharing experiences. You even like broke down on your story because there's a lot of emotions and I just think it's so important that we all do our part in elevating the voices that need to be heard. And I just want to honor you and thank you today for, for doing this. I know it's your first podcast and I'm like putting you on the spot and you're just said, you're just saying it before, like you're always the one who is very peaceful and just wants to send love. But right now more than ever, how do you feel about sharing everything that you have been? It's definitely, I feel pushing you outside even like beyond what you're used to sharing because you share on social with everything, the body positivity, the self-love, the workouts, but now it's like you're sharing all these experiences from before that you've never shared before. Mm -hmm. It really it just comes down to really just shedding light on our own stories and really how we've been feeling because I feel that a lot of my, like my white friends are having this almost like this guilt, like they feel, they feel bad. They are sad. And they, they say like, Oh, I'm sorry like that you've experienced this. And I feel like they feel that way because somewhere inside of them, they just, they're mad at themselves that they've never recognized it. They've never seen the people that they love and people that are close to them going through this pain or it just, I guess, never fully dawned on them. Like, even though, you know, they, they might have spoken out about like racism in the past, but even like bringing up some comments that have been made about myself, I noticed like one of my friends, she was like, I think I said that at one point and I'm like, so sorry. And like, just, I feel like everybody's kind of recognizing so much about themselves and so much growth is going to come from that. No, and I, I totally agree. Like we can all do better. And I think that we were saying this before, like this week alone with like everyone, like the movement really picking up and the protests and everything going on. I know it's such a sensitive time, but we were both saying we truly hope this is, it has to be a constant conversation. And like mm -hmm. everyone has to do their part in order to inflict real change. I know you were saying like a lot of your white friends are scared to post, like a lot of us who aren't African-American and are even like minorities like myself, like we are scared. We don't really know 
we don't want to overstep or say the wrong thing. But then mm -hmm. I think not saying anything at all, we were having this conversation before, that does more harm than good. Being used, That's taking the, the side of the oppressor. And I would love for you to speak on that because I know that's something that a lot of people too listening might not even they almost need permission to show up and know how. And I watched, I know there's so many amazing resources. I watched an amazing video um, yesterday on like being a white ally and your role in that because everyone mm -hmm. has a voice. And I think that you can speak on that more than better than I can about what you were saying to me prior. Yeah. So everybody does have a voice. Everybody, I truly believe if you are a hundred percent for this movement, if you are a hundred percent ready to be, anti-racist, we need you to speak up, especially because, I mean, I don't know about you, but like whenever I get a hate comment or something like that, especially if it's on like one of my self-love posts or I'm posting something very vulnerable and I get a hate comment, a hate comment like that, for some reason, just speaks so much louder than all the love we're receiving. Mm -hmm. So a lot of Black people are receiving all these hate comments and negativity. So we need that love. We need you to speak up. We need those, just those loving voices and all that to let me know that you're here, to let me know that you care because it is a hard time. And I understand the whole wanting to stay in your lane type of thing. But I think that this line that everybody is scared to cross is really thinning out and everybody just really needs to come together because right now the only lane is the human lane and we all need to be in it. We all need to stand next to our brother and sisters of color and yeah, it's, and have those hard conversations. I'm um, truly like being anti-racist is just so much more than letting people know that you're not a racist, you know, <laughs> it's speaking out about it wherever you see it. It's, even having those hard conversations with like your uncle or your, your dad or anybody, any, anybody in your family, any close friend. And it's just like even speaking to bosses or anybody like that, whenever you've recognized that maybe as a white person, you were granted a position when you know that your black friend had so much more qualifications, you know, and it's being ready to take those stances and taking step down and amplifying black people and lifting them up because for so long we've had to defend ourselves we've had <laughs> we've had to defend ourselves and that's really what it comes down to as a kid whenever I would get picked on in those like small itty bitty comments and all that stuff like I had to defend myself I had to remind myself that I was beautiful I went to my mom and she had to remind me that I was beautiful it was never like a friend defending me or anything like that but now it is so and we just we need those loving voices and people backing us up a hundred percent unwavering support no that was so beautifully said I couldn't agree more and I think that like with that with what you're saying like with influence and calling out our friends and family like we like we can all do our part but every single person needs to do their part because we were saying this um, before like everyone has influence on someone 
right? And it's like, they may not follow you, your Michaela, or listen to you, but they might listen to another white person or someone in their family who actually mm-hmm. has influence over them. And it's like more of a time than ever to show where you stand when it comes to injustice and speak up because it's crazy. I know that's why it's such a sensitive topic too right now with people speaking up and getting the hate or getting the, oh, I didn't think you had that viewpoint. And it's like, whose side are you going to be on? What side of history do you want to be on? And even mm-hmm. when it comes to branding, I'm like telling all my clients like this is the time this is what differentiates people is having a polarizing perspective and now I know it really like what side are you on it's one of those things that are more it's just very polarizing that to come out with that perspective and I know it feels uncomfortable but if we all do our part we're going to get that much closer to creating the real change and heal the, the nation that we need and it's going to take because if everyone I know, it's amazing. Everyone's educating each other and sharing resources. And, and that's why like, I want to have this interview and showcase your story I, and amplify the voices that need to be heard. But with that being said, like it's years. Like you were just saying, when you were a kid, when you were growing up, you never voiced it. You just never voiced mm-hmm. it because you were never comfortable. Like there was never this time in history where this movement is happening. And that's the thing. It's like, we need to continue elevating these stories and making real change. And the real change is going to take an effort of everyone together. What would be your best pieces of advice for someone to not only just like having these conversations with their friends and family, but like we were saying on social media, if you are posting on the platform and you're someone who does share and have a brand online, uh, and that's where you usually do communicate, we've noticed this big, big trend where a lot of people have ghosted their platform completely and then they might just pick up right where they left off after like a couple weeks when maybe things like people, other people start to post. But that's the thing. That's where we're saying it's like there's such a time where if you do have a brand online, look at the influence you have and and show where you stand when it comes to equality and anti-racism because it goes so much more beyond that. And I would love for to hear like what your sense are on speaking to that on like influencers and, and not even influence anyone with a brand who does post online, how they, first of all, we know they should be posting online, but any, you're saying that like, just have full, I guess, what's your advice? And you're saying you have permission to post mm-hmm. and share where you stand. And I'd love to hear like advice on that. If someone is listening and they do feel like a little bit hesitant to post their perspective, but they need to clearly with everything mm-hmm. going on and it helps. Yes, I have noticed a lot of influencers go silent and completely ghost what's going on. And I mean, like, I don't, a lot of like your actions speak louder than your words. So if I don't, I don't want to see, you know, fake love. I'm pretty sure any black person doesn't want to see fake love. So if you really aren't standing behind us and you just want to be quiet, then go ahead and be quiet. And then also with that being said, it's not enough for like just influencers to just make a quick little post and then be done with it. Like we need you out there amplifying black stories, black people, people that are in your community that are like black fitness influencers, black fashion influencers, everybody like black owned businesses. Like we need all these things recognize because for so long I feel like it's only just been in the black community like we need everybody seeing this and so 
with the whole Blackout Tuesday, it was all about amplifying Black voices and letting people in the people of color community like speak up and share their stories, share what Black history is, what Black culture is. And like people are just listening and learning and like also, but also like passing the mic. So as an influencer, pass that mic, you know, post and all that's like post those stories, post like it's not it's not like competition or anything like that to post another influencer or anything like that. Like that's just that's just my take on it. I just don't wanna see fake love to stay face or anything like that. Because I think yeah. a lot of people feel that that pressure with oh is it the Tuesday, um how everyone just like posted the black square on Tuesday and um mm-hmm. It's like people might just be posting it because everyone's posting it. And it's mm-hmm. like, if you didn't post it, it was like, what are you doing? So we don't want people to just like hop on the bandwagon, but actually care. And mm-hmm. even what you said about brands, I think it's a huge wake up call for brands to check themselves and be like, wow, do we have black influencers? Do we have like, are we recruiting black models to rep our brand? Like it's mm-hmm. or, or employees. And I think that this is going to be, it's going to take an effort. Like I've been saying, like, it's going to be constant effort, but it's such a wake up call for brands to even realize this. And it takes us like with companies that we work with as influencers. Like I know you and I both work with different companies on brand partnerships. We can say, Hey, we need more black community. We need a rep more black influencers. I know the perfect one. I think you need more like mm-hmm. everyone. And it's so awesome to see some of the companies like Ben and Jerry's and, um, Nike who are really supporting the movement and stepping up. And then even other brands, like I was saying, Revolve just posted a message and it was so, it's like you're respected if you're calling yourself out, like we can all do better and we can all educate and learn. And it's one thing to take ownership of that and then say, how can you do better and take action? I think there's so much respect. And I know you're saying like, you have so much respect for that, but it's when if you don't care, okay, you don't care. But if you do care, like that's what you can do and and it helps and it supports your brothers and sisters because we need that. And for education wise, like, would you say there's anything that I know a lot of people like the IGTVs, everyone's posting it. And I don't think it's right to also like go bother your like one black friend and be like, tell me what to do. Cause that's a lot of pressure on you guys. Like you guys don't need access. There's so many resources out there that people can access and books and movies. And I think educating from history to know where this stems from is honestly, I think the best form. Like, would you agree with that? Like knowing the history, not just knowing like the now, but like seeing how corrupted the system was from back then. Mm -hmm. Like definitely. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I, I love to spread love and I love, like I said, to be that peacemaker but I mean, as a person, as a, as a black woman, I'm also very exhausted. I'm and like, I'm experiencing pain and like sadness and all that. And black people have been experiencing this pain for years. So when we are seeing a lot of our white friends come up to us saying, Hey, like educate us, tell us what to do, do this and that. That's been difficult because I feel like it's hard to speak in, on behalf of the entire Black community, but I don't feel like it's not a Black person's responsibility to teach people how to support us, how to love us, or how to ally for us. I just know that there has been books and 
recordings, <laughs> documentaries, all these things that, that have been recorded throughout history for generations and centuries about Black history. And it can't have just dawned on people just now that these things existed, you know? And so yeah. learning about it, it's hard, but honestly, it should be. If it is hard for you to find information on it, and it is hard for you to read and grasp and understand, good. <laughs> That's the thing. It, it needs to be hard because we live in America where so much of our history has tried to, been, has tried to be hidden and acting as almost racism was never a thing. We have almost like this Disney painted version of Black history about Rosa Parks sitting and being quiet or Martin Luther King being peaceful when there was so, so much more to that. And I just feel like everybody really has to educate themselves on Black history. But then on that note, being a person that isn't Black, like speaking to your white friends, keep it inside. Like talk about your feelings in that little circle of yours, of your, of your white friends, because it is, I don't think it's the place of Black people to have to coddle our white friends and make them feel comfort and have people come and come to us and say like, oh, I'm so sad. I'm so hurt. Like, yeah, like the all been feeling pain. it's like, yeah. okay, we get it. Like, yeah, all lives matter. But like, it's about the black people. Like literally, yes. like we have not, these voices have been suppressed for so long. Like, let it be about them. Like, why mm-hmm. does it have to be that, like who even brought that in the all lives matter? Like we get it, oh, yes. but it's like, like, why can't people have empathy for the Black Lives Matter and like focus on that because clearly like you've been saying for years it's been suppressed and it's so true there's like the side that they show the fluffy side with like Martin Luther King and being peaceful about it and then there's like the actual shit that happened and going back and educating yourself on on that I don't know if you'd be open to sharing, but I know in your story this week, you got emotional and you shared um, a story and emotion. So like, you just know, watching that story, like my heart dropped. I knew like you can't fake tears. It was something I'm sure you have lots of stories. And that was just one. Cause on social media, it's a, it's hard to share on that phone and, and anyone can watch it. And let alone like with how people are responding to people right now and not everyone's on the same team. I can only imagine like how much, like, first off, I want to honor you for sharing. That takes a lot of vulnerability mm-hmm. and power, but would you want to share um, like just one of the experiences? Yeah. I just want to like kind of paint a picture of what it's like. Like Michaela's my age. Like we're both like in our early twenties living in the U S and she has a completely different experience than myself. And that's not fair. And that's why I want to, I wanted to really have this conversation too, to like showcase and let you be heard and, and, and seen and understood because people need to understand why we need to care and why black lives matter so much. So I don't want to just put you on the spot, but if you, I I would love to share. And whenever I'm sharing these stories, I just want people to know that it's, it's not about feeling bad for me or anything like that. It's just shedding light on what I've experienced and what I'm sure many of your friends might have experienced and, their life and as oh man it's I've always kind of disqualified my stories because as a mixed woman as a lighter skinned woman I know that what I have gone through 
doesn't even compare or come close to what people um, of darker skin have gone through. So it's almost like I've disqualified my stories because of that, but also disqualified my stories because they do make people feel uncomfortable. Um, it's not a comfortable subject to talk about. It makes people feel sad, but just, I guess, getting into it, like, yes, I have experienced racism and I have to come to terms with that is that my stories still are needed and they still are powerful because, yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'll, I'll share two. So at a young age, I believe it was, no, it was my seventh birthday. I had my 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 white friend come up to me and she was like I got you the perfect gift and then when I opened it oh my gosh she was so excited <laughs> bless her heart she was so excited uh, she was like I got you the perfect gift and um because whenever I'd go over to her house we'd always play with her dolls but her dolls were never like none of them looked like me <laughs> granted at the time though there weren't a lot of dolls being made that I looked like me out with with like brown dolls and black dolls Oh my goodness, yes. So she, it was my seventh birthday and then it finally came time for me to unwrap the gift. And it was this black doll and it was, but it was, it was, <laughs> it was, it had like blonde stringy hair and it was like a very like dark doll and then it had like freckles. I don't know how they were able to get freckles <laughs> on it, but I remember like, she was like, it looks just like you. And I was like, what? Like, I remember looking at my mom and I was like, is this how they see me or something like that? And I was just like, I was, I was heartbroken because, I mean, granted at the time, there weren't a lot of dolls that were like black dolls, let alone mixed race dolls, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that was, I remember like crying that night. So I was like, is this how they see me? Because I remember also being at school and, you know, people would comment like, oh, like, I like I have a squishy nose or <laughs> you know like uh my hair like oh did, did you brush your hair this morning just because my hair is like so curly and I could never get it tamed down especially with like well my mom was always deployed <laughs> so my she could never really do my hair my dad didn't know how to do hair so <laughs> yeah it was just like those little <laughs> thank you like those little sly comments and stuff like that or saying like oh my goodness during like the summer months or I'm trying to get as dark as you or something like that oh my gosh and it's like especially from a young age you hear those <sighs> and those stories and you tell yourself at a young age they shape your reality growing up and that works two ways too right like you've been hurt from a young age hearing these little sly comments here and there and there's a the thing about like now moving forward, like calling out your friends because those sly little comments are not, there's no place for that. And that's, mm -hmm. you should not just let that slide. But then on the other side, it's like from where I even see how like all this continues is there's that, that it's really going around on online right now, but the documentary or the experiment with the young girl and they make her choose the two dolls and then they always choose mm -hmm. like the kids all chose like the white doll and it's like one that's like in the experiment yes but like even as a kid like looking at the barbies that they would choose or like their parents saying like oh here like this is like the little comments they get as a kid that's all like racism and it is imprinting them in their belief system and that's why it's like it travels <laughs>
mm-hmm. like on both sides it's 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 a system that needs to be we need to call it out more than ever and that story literally just like reinforced that on how much it makes a difference because now so many years later you still remember like that experience being seven years old getting that doll and being hurt at night and crying yeah but also just like like that was just about looks and stuff but honestly like as I was like the only the only person of color in my whole class I wasn't I was actually living in Canada at the time my mom was stationed there so uh yeah I was like the only person of color in my class and I mean I remember being told that I had like an attitude problem or anything like that whenever I would like express emotion but if my friend were to express that same emotion it was never given that like she was validated in her feelings you know but for me it was oh you're coming off aggressive why are you so angry but that also carried on into my future like being in the military And I remember coming to my unit with this problem that I had felt so wronged in. And I spoke up about it. And my section chief had the audacity to say, you're acting like an angry Black woman. And I was, (laughs) well, before I was upset. (laughs) Now I'm angry. (laughs) Like Just the fact that that comment or the fact that they even felt compelled to even say that was just, beyond hurtful and for so long like for so long I know that black women as a whole have always been told like oh you're, you're bossy you're aggressive you're angry whenever they exp- express any type of emotions but I remember also saying my, in my story that day like as a black woman whenever like you you see what goes on in the black community you see like your black brothers and sisters put down all the time. Like if you are a woke black woman in America, you are angry. (laughs) You, You have to be angry. There's no way to like, to look at what's going on and be okay with it, you know? So those are just small things, like two stories. And like you said it before you, your stories are meant to be heard. And that's like the whole purpose of what I want to do here is amplify your voice and your stories and your experiences. But you have friends and you you said you were mixed. So you're mm-hmm. not like, imagine other people who are fully like African-American and, and yes. are dealing with like even different race, racial issues and the, the harsh comments they got as a kid, even though like all of them hurt. And oh my goodness, yes. Like I, like, I remember walking next to a friend of mine that was darker than me, and we walked into a building, and I think like some greeter at the door or something, they greeted me first, even though she was walking ahead of me. They greeted me first. Oh my God. And I've, of course, like, that opens my eyes up to my own privilege as a, light, as a lighter-skinned individual. I just think it comes time for everybody to recognize their privilege, even people that are of lighter skin. Like, like your, your stories aren't disqualified as a light-skinned Black person or as a mixed person. Like, they still matter. <laughs> you're, you are still Black. I remember hearing that. They're like, oh, if you're not fully Black or if you're not of dark skin, then, uh, like, it, it doesn't count. And I was like, I remember that almost gave me like some sort of identity crisis. I was like, then what am I? Like, <laughs> I was never like just black enough or I was never Mexican enough for like 
like my Mexican friends, like I didn't speak Spanish or anything like that. But I remember just having those identity crises and I guess recognizing that our stories still matter. They, we aren't disqualified just because we have a white mom or a Mexican mom or, or dad or anything like that. Like, but yeah, but then also recognizing that <laughs> a lot of my stories don't even come close to what I've seen some of my other friends go through. I just, I can't even like fathom. And that's the thing. It's like, if you can't understand, like, this is why, like, we, we need to listen to your friends and your brothers and sisters. And then, and then this is why you need to have a voice to influence people. So you can influence the people who don't get it because <laughs> mm-hmm. you have influence over them to change that. So your kids don't experience this and all of our children don't experience this because no one deserves to go through that. And we haven't even like talked about, about like the systemic racism that goes on in the United States with, I've been listening to a lot of business podcasts on schooling here and about getting loans from the bank and housing mm-hmm. and all of these things that are just like, we're not even going to tap into that, but there's so many issues other than feelings and emotions and all these things that are, they are impactful, but there's even beyond this. Like there's so many things in life. And one of the things that I wanted to touch on is that you're in an interracial marriage. What is your Mm -hmm. husband is white, but what is his background? Like what's. Oh man, I don't even know. I think it's like (laughs) German, Irish, He's white, like, (laughs) German, Irish, I believe, maybe Italian. I don't know. He doesn't really go into it, really. I know it's, like, I know part of him is Irish and German, but. How has been your experience being, like, an interracial couple, like, with acceptance, with, like, how is his family? I understand, like, one of the beautiful things I've noticed, like, with my friend group and, and our friend group and people who I, I connect with on social is, like, everyone is is, is very liberal and very uh, inclusive. But that being said, I've been noticing people who aren't. Um, but with his family, like, in, in this marriage, and you guys have a beautiful baby boy, and I just think Vic's babies are the, are the cutest, I think, in the future. Like, we're all, like, all of, at least my friends, we're all we love everyone like love mm-hmm. like everyone is accepted and i think moving forward i'm like praying we were talking about that on our zoom earlier this week that yeah. in the future, one day everybody because we all <laughs> but how is the like what is your experience being an inter interracial couple in the united states there's its hard parts as well as it's like it's beautiful parts like watching our families come together and stuff like that like um, especially on my side of the family we are the coat, like there's so many colors in our family. We have whites, blacks, Mexicans. Yeah. So, but on his side of the family, they're all, they're all from Texas, like South, Southern Texas. <laughs> and, uh, well, we both are from Texas, but yeah. So a lot of his family definitely are the majority for sure have been so supportive. They love me. They love us together. They just, and but it's also been hard um like watching some relationships crumble within his family because because we are together and it's never really been like spoken out exactly against me but just seeing what they say about black people or just about what's going on in the world right now like watching people say like oh there's two sides to every story like no, a cop committed murder. Like we all witnessed it. Like how can you, why aren't you seeing it? Yeah. So that's, 
that's been hard, I guess, watching some of those relationships crumble. And while my husband is a hundred percent, like whenever he sees it, he like, I watched him even tell some of his family members, like, look, I don't want you around my wife. I don't want you around my son. Like this relationship, you can't go forward. And that's, it's been great to see him do that for sure. The fact that he really stands by his family and he loves us. It's also been, I guess, just for me, because I, I, my family's everything. And like family to me is just everything. So I guess seeing some relationships crumble and then almost feeling like it's your fault. But it's not, but I, because why I know, I know it's not my fault, but it's, it's still, I guess it's like, if I, if I wasn't, <laughs> I guess in my mind, I was, I was thinking if I wasn't a part of the picture, mm. their relationships would still be standing. But then I brought that up to my husband and he was all like, no, like even if I was married to a white woman, they would not be standing if I were to see that. And that was, I guess, a good eye opener to me because I guess just with family, it's been, it's been difficult sometimes. And then um, not even just with family, but sometimes just receiving comments like to me about oh, like, since when do you like white guys? Or, because I mean, I've, I've dated, like, all, all my exes have been <laughs> African-American. So back when people saw me marry a white guy, they're like, oh, what happened? Like, since when do you like white guys? Or what's wrong with black men? Like, mm. nothing. <laughs> just my heart wanted his heart. And that's why we're together. And it's just, it's like, we've, of course, we've experienced the, like, the nasty comments, but as well as, like, a ton more just, like, nasty looks like why are they together type of thing or some people honestly it's so funny don't even assume we're together <laughs> whenever we're walking like I've been uh somebody's come up to me and like hit on me in front of him and then there he was like dude like this is my wife he's like oh I'm sorry man I didn't know y'all were together like <laughs> so I don't know it's not, it's not, I don't, sometimes it's funny but of course you've experienced like a lot of looks but it's been it it got scary, I would say, when I had my son and realizing that, like, how do I put this? Like, I, feeling like almost as if if my family were to have been put in danger because of, like, just a racist person, feeling like it's my fault. Like, feeling like it's it's me that's that put them in that situation just because of the color of my skin. And... Um, Oh my goodness. I hope I'm not saying the wrong thing. Cause of course, when I come on to like this podcast, I was so scared, like speak slow, Michaela, make sure you don't say the wrong thing. But honestly, that's just been speaking my heart. Speaking the truth. And this is exactly why we're doing this podcast to shed light mm-hmm. on this because no one should feel this way. No one should have to go through these experiences. And this is like just Michaela's imagine so many other people who've been experiencing these things in worse situations. Like this is exactly why we need to change. So your son doesn't have to go through the things that you went through. So when he gets married to anyone who he wants, anything, anyone who his heart wants him to, girl, guy, mm-hmm. black, white, brown, does not mm-hmm. matter. Nothing happens because like yeah. that is what we need. So I just want to thank you, Michaela, for being so open and honest. Like I, I know I was like pushing you outside your comfort zone with this and you <laughs> doing amazing showing up as a leader on the platform with like sharing your voice and your stories and and take so much courage. Like I know a lot of you guys listening want to show up and share your voice and are nervous to being like, 
white or being just another minority, like that's not um, black right now. But imagine what Michaela is feeling like that, that pressure to show up and, and sharing these stories that have been literally suppressed for so long. So mm-hmm. thank you so much, Michaela. I, I truly like everyone is going to go follow you. I'll have everything linked below so everyone can connect with you and support. And what would you say, like moving forward with just creating this change in history that we all need? Like, how does it make you feel? First of all, like what excites you about it? Because I'm always very positive and I, I'm oh, always, goodness. like, this is a time in history that is going to move us through. Um, yes. So what's your like final words on that? And how can people do their part? just to like hammer it home on what they can do. Yes. All right. So my view of 2020, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> the the word I would put into it out of everything that has happened has been definitely growth. Like everything that's happened from the pandemic to especially this, so much growth in 2020. And I know like I've seen some people say like, oh, 2020 is canceled. It, no, it it lit a fire under everybody. <laughs> it, like it's a, it started new change. Like there's no, you hear people saying before, like, Oh, go back to go back to normal. And then you hear people saying the new normal, this is the new normal we're about to create. This is the change that we need to create. And I'm very hopeful about it. This is the fact that I've seen that this is now the biggest civil rights movement in history gives me so much hope that we won't be silenced, that this is going to keep going, that this isn't going to be a fad or something that's going to blow over or anything like that. And whenever, you know, people do go back to work and the protest and all that does start settling down, I just want to encourage people to still just show up for your Black friends, for your Black community. And then if you are going to the protest, stand with them in solidarity. I want you to listen to what they have to say. Definitely let Black people lead the protest. And you stand hand in hand. Bring water. (laughs) Sign those petitions, you know. Um, Vote. For the love of God, vote. Vote for me. I'm Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, like use your voice and be completely and just vocally anti-racist, like calling out racism wherever you see it, no matter how uncomfortable it might be. Even if you are a more gentle spirited peacemaker like myself, being bold and standing up for what you believe in. Don't teeter-totter that fence anymore. You need to get on the right side of history here. Like this is, history is known to repeat itself. And right now, this is a, open notes test, you know, you have all the knowledge of what has gone on and you've seen what can happen if you don't speak out. So use your voice. That's all I can ask for. Show love and listen to your black friends, because as much as I know you might be feeling sad and feeling pain, just imagine what people of color are going through. Give them somebody to lean on. Give them somebody to listen to. Like that was beautifully said. Beautiful. Uh, everyone listening, like go back, re-listen to it, re-listen to it. <laughs> it's so perfect. And Michaela, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to thank you and honor you for everything you shared 
and your stories, your experiences, your voice, it's heard. We, we stand with you and we will support you. And I know everyone listening to this is, is not going to be silent. They're going to take a stance. And I just want to thank you for that because that action is all thanks to you. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Show love, everybody. Show <laughs> thank love, you so love, much. Love. <laughs>